Coming up on We Talk News this week, the clock is ticking down on safe banking or any federal reform for cannabis before the end of the year. Meanwhile, the cannabis industry braces for contraction. And the founders of CRM software giant Dutchie sue their own board over their attempts of a takeover. Speaking of lawsuits, Truly lays off workers and then they start a class action suit against the multi-state operator. And Michigan and Massachusetts see flower prices declining below $100 an ounce. Reports from those states and around the world on We Talk News with Elena Pinto. Next. We are pro-cannabis media. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the last edition of We Talk News for 2022. I'm Elena Pinto reporting for Pro Cannabis Media. From everyone here at PCM, we hope your holiday season is the best ever. Well, news from the cannabis industry continues to be one of paralyzation at the federal level and doom and gloom in many states. In Washington, D.C., the hope for reform being introduced by this lame duck Congress is waning as the government itself tries to maintain operations going into the final week of the year. Last week, safe banking was deleted as an amendment to annual bills to support national events. And so now what? Is it wait till next year or is there any hope for any federal reform of cannabis laws and regulations this year. Software company Dutchie is a perfect example of some of the challenges of being in the cannabis industry. Even though they are considered one of the most successful companies in this space, valued at over a billion dollars, their founders were ousted by the board of directors and now are suing the current operators. Green Market Reports' Deborah Borchardt has that story. This is the business update for Weed Talk News from the Green Market Report. This week, we learned that Dutchie founders, brothers Ross and Zachary Lipson, are suing the company. In November, it was reported that they were leaving Dutchie, but neither contributed a quote to the press release, so that should have been a red flag. Now the two say they were improperly kicked out of the company by the current board, and they're insisting they're still directors and officers of Dutchie. They claim they were ambushed at the November board meeting during a board coup. The court documents are sealed, but we will keep trying to get more information on this story. We also got some earnings announcements this week. Fire and Flower announced its fiscal 2022 third quarter revenue increased 8% sequentially to $43.8 million, but revenue did fall by 3% from last year's third quarter. They also delivered a net loss of $28 million. Hexo posted earnings that beat revenue expectations as they continue restructuring. The Canadian producer said that they had net revenue of $35.8 million Canadian dollars in the first quarter, but that was down 29% over last year. The company said that the decline was attributable in part to severe weather that kept certain shipments from reaching their destination. And those are the top stories this week. I'm Deborah Borchart with the Green Market Report, and this has been your business update for Weed Talk News. Another one of the challenges in the legal cannabis industry is where to consume it. Even in legal states, public consumption is still limited to private residences 
if you own and if you rent, you are required to head outside and off property, whether you are consuming for medicinal reasons or recreational. New Jersey is one of the newest adult use states, and they are starting to figure out how to handle this very problem. Joe Goldsbury has the latest on social clubs and public consumption in the Garden State. Hello, everyone. I'm Joe Goldsbury for We Talk News New Jersey, and there are some new developments I want to tell you guys about around the discussions on marijuana banking in states. While previously Republicans controlled the Senate, the House passed the Secure and Fair Enforcement Act, Banking Act several times, the AKA Safe Banking Act, and the Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act, the MORE Act, was also passed. Mitch McConnell has refused to bring up these, both of either of these acts for votes. As it stands, when Senators Schumer, Booker, and Senate Finance Chair Ron Wayden of Oregon introduced the comprehensive legislation known as the Cannabis Administration Opportunity Act, they were not able to secure the 10 votes needed to actually oppose McConnell. So this has been an ongoing problem, which has presented the opportunity for ongoing bipartisan negotiations uh, by Republican U.S. Senator Steve Daines. The goal here now is to satisfy Booker's restorative justice provisions while also garnering enough GOP senators to pass the bill. So uh, Representative Brian Matz of Florida has chimed in on his thoughts regarding this. Uh, he doesn't think that Mitch McConnell is interested in bringing this up and he doesn't think he will. So that remains to be seen. Um, the most impactful part of the Safe Banking Act will enable banks to offer checking accounts, credit cards and other financial services to legal cannabis business owners, which will solve a lot of problems in state uh, because now they're forced to operate in cash or at check cashing places, making, it easy making them easy targets for bank robberies and other types of burglaries. So insiders are hopeful that the marijuana bill can be added to the spending legislation refunding for the government through September 30th, 2023. That remains to be seen, we shall see. In other news, it looks like New Jersey may be ready to start allowing for public consumption spaces. Woohoo! And the CRC has approved uh, new rules on this. They are mainly related to public consumption areas, fees, fee structures for applications and more. Interested business owners can go to the New Jersey Register for more information. I'm Jill Goldsbury, and this has been Weed Talk News, New Jersey. For many years, California was the undisputed number one cannabis market on the legal and legacy side, but the number two slot was always up for grabs. Well, now a new state has grabbed that runner-up spot. Jerome Brule, you can do it on your own. <laughs> it's Arizona, with $1.6 billion in sales revenue in 2021. That also generated $221.3 million in cannabis tax revenue for the state. Well, both of those figures are supposed to be passed once the 2022 numbers are released. And so far, that state is averaging about $22 million in tax revenue generated for the first nine months of 2022. As for California, they are still number one. Now at over $7 billion of legal sales of cannabis, the biggest market in the world. 
As for one of the other legal West Coast states, here's Josh Kincaid with the Washington State Report. I'm Josh Kincaid from the Talking Hedge with the Washington State Cannabis Report for Weed Talk News. Presentations on public health surveys by researchers from Canada and Oregon gave the Liquor and Cannabis Board insight into how the Washington system compares to other legal cannabis jurisdictions. So dried flour is the most commonly used product in Washington state with 71% of consumers preferring flour. Edibles came in second, 64% of survey respondents citing edibles as their go-to cannabis product and rounding out number three is vape carts at 46%. Notice concentrates in, isn't there at all. Every time I go into a, a store and ask bud tenders what their favorite product is, what's the number one product being sold, it's very, very rarely concentrate, which I find interesting. Um, but looking at the significance of what all that means, it probably doesn't help farmers cause when they claim to have high taxes, since the price in Washington is 25% lower than that of the legacy market. In 2021, for example, the price of dried flour reported by consumers in Washington was only $7.38, lower than the U.S. average on the underground market of $9.17. So this can create some diversion, especially during difficult economic times. An investment strategy known as arbitrage is when investors simultaneously buy and sell an asset in different markets and take advantage of that price difference and generate a profit. While price differences are typically small and short-lived, the returns can be impressive when multiplied by enough volume or frequency. So arbitrage is commonly used by hedge funds and other sophisticated investors. In this example, arbitrage is when cannabis is bought in Washington at $7.38 and gets diverted to New York for $9.94. Maybe the presentation to Washington's regulators should have been the importance of legalizing interstate commerce before incentivizing coast-to-coast -coast cannabis arbitrage. Next week, you guys are going to find out more about Washington State's cannabis scene. But with that, we're going to have to roll up this Washington State cannabis report. I'm Josh Kincaid from the Talking Heads reporting for Weed Talk News. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. Retail prices for cannabis continue to drop in other states, including Massachusetts and Michigan. In Michigan, the price for an ounce is now under $100. In fact, it was just one year ago in November when prices for an ounce of flour in Michigan were $191 per ounce. So when will that market bottom out? Well, the executive director of Normal for Michigan, Rick Thompson, has more from the Great Lakes State. Hello again. This is the Michigan Report with Rick Thompson on Weed Talk News. Let's begin. November sales of cannabis fell slightly behind those in October. But the drop was small and can be accounted for by November having one fewer day than October. When medical and adult use sales are combined, the dip in the numbers was only 2.9%, yielding $203.4 million. Individually, adult use retail sales were down 2.3% at about $190 million, and the poor medical marijuana program slipped another 9.9% from last month down to only 13.6 million. Also down, the average sales price of cannabis in Michigan retail stores. Medical marijuana sells for, on average, $102 per ounce, and an adult use ounce is down to $95. The adult use market moved about 71,000 pounds of flour and shake, while the medical program sold only 4,500. Vape carts, still solidly the number two product behind flour in Michigan, with concentrates and edibles both having nearly identical sales in the adult use market in November. 
Well, Crane's Detroit Business Magazine published a group of four articles related to cannabis on Monday. Included were three op-eds and one piece of journalism. The article focused on the need to curtail unregulated market cannabis from entering the regulated marketplace and the tough sledding all cannabis licensees are enduring in Michigan right now. Now, one guy who is not singing the blues, Common Citizen CEO Michael Elias, who said he's happy times are tough, and his company is busily gobbling up all those well-placed but financially struggling cannabis retailers like an old-school hungry, hungry hippo game. Now, one of those op-eds was from Greenhouse of Wald Lake's CEO, Jerry Millen who said a crackdown on the cheaters in the industry is warranted. And new director of the Cannabis Regulatory Agency, Brian Hanna, is the guy to do it. The second op-ed was penned by Shelley Edgerton, who is the best example of why we have to keep regulators and industry far apart. She is the spokesperson for the hated trade group, the MCMA, and her piece centered around using the Cannabis Regulatory Agency to crack down on illegal market operators and to push a new proposed moratorium on issuing any licenses to new commercial cultivation centers. Now that would screw over any Detroit plans to progress forward and put at a further disadvantage all the social equity applicants statewide who've been patiently waiting for a chance to get into the market. The final op-ed, was written by Mr. Hanna himself. Hanna discussed his personal history of growing up in the Metro Detroit area, his time as a combat veteran, and the need to slam the door on misbehaving cannabis entities in Michigan. A revolutionary new poll came out last week sponsored by Normal of Michigan and was conducted by the Epic MRA Polling Service. 600 respondents were asked the question, do you want to see the state's current medical marijuana program stay the same? Would you like to increase rights and privileges for medical cannabis patients? Or would you like to take away rights and privileges from those medical patients? The greatest response was from those who want no change, which composed 41% of the responses, followed by those who want to increase the rights for cannabis patients at a 25% response rate. Now, together, those two responses indicate 66% or two-thirds of the state want the medical program to stay the same or be improved. Only 21% of respondents wanted to roll back rights for sick people, and 13% were undecided or chose to not respond. Well, let's break down the support and opposition to the idea of expanded medical rights for the state's most ill and injured. The greatest percentage of support for adding protections and rights for medical cannabis patients comes from liberals at 43%, black voters at 41%, those who claim no religious affiliation at 40%, women aged 18 to 49, they support at 36%. Now those respondents who earn between $75,000 and $100,000 per year, Democratic men and young voters from 18 to 34 support at 35%, statewide average 25. The largest amount of support for restricting medical marijuana access to patients comes from those who self-identify as members of the pro-life movement. They support restricting medical marijuana laws at 40%, nearly double the statewide average of 
Republican women registered 36% support for further restrictions. On the other side, Democratic women support restricting medical cannabis laws at the lowest percentage in the survey at only 8% versus that statewide 21% average. The 35 to 49 years age group had very low support for restrictions at 9%, as did women aged 18 to 49. Men and women seem to support relaxing the medical marijuana laws at 26 and 24% respectively, and for curtailing those laws equally. Now, full disclosure, I am the executive director at Normal of Michigan. Well, the city of Mount Clemens has a problem. Two cannabis retail centers have opened in their city, yet Mount Clemens never authorized either of them. But the state did. Now, this is a crazy story that starts early in 2022. Mount Clemens began a licensing process, issuing licenses, but then faced such legal backlash, they decided to scrap the whole cannabis business program. Now, the city had already issued several companies their retail licenses, and the cannabis regulatory agency followed through and issued those companies their state licenses to operate, all of this before the city dropped their program. Now, despite the fact that the two companies no longer have local authority to operate, the state regulatory agency cannot rescind their operating license. Mount Clemens is exploring their legal options to shut down both the jars and pleasantry stores. And that's it for the Michigan Report with Rick Thompson on Weed Talk News. Here in the Bay State, flower prices continue to decline to less than $100 an ounce as well. It's great news if you are a consumer, not so much if you're a business owner. We Talk News producer Tori Chamberlain breaks it down in the Bay State Report. Hey guys, I'm Tori Chamberlain, and here in the Bay State, the retail price of cannabis for adult use continues to plummet. Back in October, the average price for a gram of cannabis dropped to an all-time low of about $7.76. Now, it's since rebounded to a little over $8 per gram, but that's still far below the price that the market is used to seeing. Now, it's great news for consumers who are looking to get a deal on an ounce or their favorite flower, but it really hurts farmers and companies on the back end of things. Uh, And the other interesting thing, actually, is that the most recent numbers show that sales revenue is actually down in Massachusetts as well. So maybe with the surplus of supply, there's not quite as high of a demand right now. And you have to keep in mind that several states that border Massachusetts have just come online with their own legal markets. So maybe there was some demographic of consumers and purchasers that were coming across state lines that no longer have to do that. Either way, it's certainly interesting to see the turn that the market is taking here in Massachusetts after five years of legalization. And we'll have to watch in 2023 to see how these companies respond and if the numbers change at all. In the meantime, be sure to take time to go out of your way, seek out those small locally owned brands and be sure to support them with your dollar. For now, that's the Bay State Report for Weed Talk News. I'm Tori Chamberlain. While a lot of the news from the cannabis industry in the U.S. continues to support a market correction, in Europe, prohibition continues. Many countries are still just trying to get the plant decriminalized for its medicinal effects. In our European report this week, Lex Pelger has the sad story of an Irish grower who tried to do the right thing, but got raided and sent away for five years. Hello. I'm Lex Pelger from Whitewell Creations with this week's European Cannabis Report for Weed Talk News. A hard week for cannabis in the European Union. 
Aside from Spain starting to draft its medical cannabis laws, we've got negatives across the board. In business news, Euroclear, one of the EU's two major stock clearinghouses, will no longer support cannabis-related stocks from anywhere in the world. They are forcing customers to sell all of their cannabis shares. As you can imagine, this is causing carnage in the sector. In the UK, a report by the drug policy think tank Voltface finds that despite there being 1.8 million people using cannabis for medical purposes, only 15,000 of them are legally prescribed patients. That means 99% of UK patients must find an illegal source for their medicine. The report describes a critical lack of understanding about cannabis-based medicines among doctors. Meanwhile, reports come out of the UK of children with epilepsy losing access to their medicine and patients with a variety of conditions struggling to find a safe source in the black market. Even worse is in Ireland. A father of two named Patrick Moore was just sentenced to five years in prison for the cultivation and supply of cannabis. Most of the cannabis oil he produced was being donated to severely ill patients. His home was raided by 15 cops carrying automatic weapons, and they found a grand total of 19 cannabis plants, three seedlings, and some bags of trim. The judge seemed to be moved by reports from family members of patients with conditions like hunting disease and childhood leukemia, but all she could do was give him the lightest possible penalty. And now Patrick Moore will be separated from his wife and children for the next several years for the crime of growing medicine. That's the European Cannabis Report for this week. For more on the science side, see my newsletter on Substack, Cannabinoids and the People. I'm Lex Pelger from Whitewell Creations, reporting for Weed Talk News. New Hampshire continues to be surrounded by states in New England that have legalized the sale, possession, and growing of cannabis. But the Live Free or Die state continues to drag its feet toward change. And now a bipartisan committee of legislators will introduce a new adult use bill in 2023. The bill will create an adult use market in that state where you can possess and gift up to four ounces of cannabis, home grow three plants, and it'll introduce a state licensed set of dispensaries for sale to adults over 21. There will also be an 8.9% sales tax imposed on all sales. We're right next door to New Hampshire, Vermont, and the Green Mountain State opened its adult use dispensaries this year. Well, Jesse Lynn Dolan has our Vermont report. I'm Jesse Lynn Dolan from Nurse Grown Organics and Vermont Cannabis Nurses, and this is the Weed Talk News Vermont Report. Thursday, December 15th, Vermont Growers Association, a grassroots nonprofit advocacy group, held a lively community discussion entitled The Market is What We Make It, with local manufacturers and policy professionals about the challenges currently facing manufacturers in the adult use market. The Cannabis Control Board met this week, approving nine new licensees, including two social equity and economic empowerment applicants. The board presented a summary of their 80 plus page paper that will be submitted to legislators regarding eliminating THC caps for concentrates, as well as discussing removing the exorbitant vape tax, which is meant to and should stay as a tax for nicotine only. The Cannabis Control Board cannot make these changes without legislators, so now is the time for Vermonters and businesses to speak up and back up eliminating these nonsensical statutes. That's the Vermont Report for Weed Talk News. I'm Vermont's cannabis nurse, Jessie Lynn Dolan. And finally tonight, hope for the future. Normal release results from some research that shows that nearly 2 million convictions for cannabis-related crimes have been expunged or pardoned over the past few years. So yes, there is a difference between those two legal terms, 
but at least there is positive movement. The Department of Justice is releasing a link to get your past conviction pardoned with a simple 10 minute form to fill out on their website in 2023. A feel good way to end a tumultuous year in the cannabis industry. Well, now we want to know what you think were the biggest news stories of the year. And you can find that poll on our homepage at procannabismedia.com to share your thoughts. And we enter you into a contest for some gift cards and our limited edition t-shirts. They're t-shirts. Remember, it's a whole new world of weed out there, so use it responsibly. Happy holidays from everyone here at Pro Cannabis Media. I'm Elena Pinto reporting. We will see you in 2023. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, host of Casually Baked the Podcast. If you're curious to explore the highly responsible side of cannabis, farming, and legalization, I'm here to help lighten the stigma and build your can of confidence. Download episodes now of Casually Baked the Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And journey with me through the evolving cannabis culture and discover how and why people like you are adding cannabis to their wellness toolkit. It's time to get casually baked.